welcome. Thank you for joining us here at ICGC Caris Temple Podcast. Pastor Prince Nyako is the head pastor of ICGC Caris Temple, serving under the leadership of Dr. Mentor Otabel. Pastor Prince is a dynamic preacher of God's unadulterated word, characterized with a strong prophetic insight and prayer ministry. He is a strong advocate for discipline and order in the body of Christ, with messages centered on fasting, holiness, prayer, and integrity. And now, to today's message. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for today, O Lord. Father, we commit ourselves unto thy care. We pray that you shall open the minds of our understanding so that we will hear what you want us to hear. We will understand what you want us to understand. And above all, you help us to implement all that we will hear. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't know whether we have observed an instance whereby you put your shoes there and your little boy or little girl or even your small sister or brother goes and then puts the legs in it and they begin to walk. You know, it's very funny when they are walking. <laughs> but this morning, that is exactly where I find myself. <laughs> Pastor has removed his bigger shoes for me to wear. <laughs> but I promise you, it's going to be good. Amen. All right. So this morning, uh, I just want to thank Pastor, Lady Pastor and the executives of this church for this opposition, opportunity to do this, should I say, preaching or exposition to the word of God concerning us. Amen. All right. You know, most of the times we go around and people begin to talk. The youth of today don't respect. They are incorrigible. You find it difficult to talk to them and advise them. And it's like most people even give up. Sometimes we look at our children and say, ah, these children, it's very, very difficult. Gone when during our times we were not doing that. You hear those things. But what we have to understand is that the children we are seeing these days and the youth that we are complaining, they did not come from heaven. They did not come from heaven like manna. We give birth, bread, nurture them. So whatever we are seeing are as a result or the product of what we have invested in their lives. Amen. So if we are finding problems or we are finding it difficult living with the youth and the generation of these days, our children, then it behoves on us to go to the basics or the fundamentals to find out exactly what is happening. If there is a problem with the product, there is a need for you to go back and find out that there is a problem with the process that you are using to churn out the product. So this morning, what I just want us to consider, my topic that I want us to consider this month for all you may know is a family month and that is the theme for this month. So we just want to consider something on parenting and family life. Amen. That is my topic this morning. Parenting and family life and is a topic very dear to the church. So in other words, we shall take a look at parenting and family life from the biblical perspective. We shall take a look at some nuggets or some admonition that we can get from the Bible as, as to how we can apply it in our lives. So the first question I want to ask is, what is parenting? We know we sometimes see people, so this is a parent. He has just given birth, so he's a parent. But this morning, my little research I did, it says that parenting is the process of promoting and supporting the physical, emotional, social, and intellectual development of a child. Promoting and supporting the physical, the physical 
the emotions, the social and intellectual development of a child. That is from the infancy up to adulthood. Other definitions also say that it refers to the aspect of raising a child other than the biological relationship. A child or somebody that you don't have any biological relationship with. So from these definitions, we can say that when we say somebody is a parent, it is not only somebody who has given birth to a child, but it is somebody, a responsible adult, who has been entrusted with the responsibility of raising the emotional, physical, social aspect of a child. It therefore means that all of us here are potential parents, or we are parents, in the sense that there may come a time in your life where you'll be entrusted with the responsibility to nurture a child. It can be your own child, it can be the child of your brother, sister, or it can be somebody who is traveling and the person leaves your child with you. So all of us are involved in what we are going to discuss this morning. All right. And somebody will say that, why is it important? Why do we have to spend time looking at parenting to the extent that Sunday we are in church and we are, instead of you to teach us how to bind demons, why are we talking about parenting? Parenting is very, very important. And it's a very important responsibility that God expects us all Christians to excel. When we read 1 Timothy chapter 3, 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 4 to 5. I wouldn't dwell so much on that, but I'll give the text. And then later on, I'll expect that when we go, we just take a look because of the time. Among the qualities or requirements of a bishop in order for somebody to be appointed to the leader of a church or to be given the responsibility to oversee the activities of a church, he says that that person must manage his own household well keeping his children under control with all dignity and keeping them respectful and well-behaved. So it means that God is not trying to create a dichotomy be be between what you do in the house and then what you do in the chair. Because some people think that I can do anything, but then I, as long as I am playing a role in the church, it's all right. But God wants us to excel both in our social or in our parental life as well as the church. Because he says that this quality is essential because if you cannot manage your household, how will you be able to take care of the church of God? So God looks at some of these requirements so that he can entrust us with the responsibility of looking at the church. So if we are here and we are not doing well as a parent, we have to reconsider because God expects us to excel in all areas. And parenting is also important because it is easier to teach a child than to correct an adult. It is very, very important. It is easier to teach a child than to correct an adult because an adult is somebody who has already been formed. He has developed all the traits and it becomes very, very difficult to correct. So instead of waiting for the person to assume a certain character or role, why don't we spend time to rather teach the child? And this is also reinforced in Proverbs 22 verse 6, which says that we should train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. So those of us who are thinking of bringing up children, 
this is the time for us to be thinking about some of these things. Amen. Now, the first point I want us to look at as parenting or as parents is that one, for every parent, whether you pray for it, whether you fast, whether you jump, whether you roll, whether you even go and lie under the feet of God, there are bound to be challenges in the life of every, each and every parent. Amen. It is not a case. But then there are bound to be challenges. Because sometimes Christians, challenges come our way so that we will see the goodness and the faithfulness of God. If you are here and you are praying that God should make you patient, God give me the spirit of patience and there are no challenges. Or God does not allow people to provoke you. How can you know that you are patient? You wouldn't know. Those people who have to come into your life to provoke you and the way you react will prove to you that you are patient. We read the Bible, we say, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we shall fear no evil for his rod and his staff. Assuming that God says that his rod and his staff, they shall comfort it. You will not see it, but until he introduced the concept of though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, then it is when that thing makes essence or it sinks in. It proves us that God is faithful. So we must understand that every parent there are bound to be challenges in the life of each and every parent. And God sometimes allows some of these challenges to come so that it will prove that he is God and he is Lord over our lives. Let us consider something in 1 Samuel chapter 1 verse 1 Samuel 1, 1-5. The Bible says, There was a certain man of Ramathim Zophim of the hill country of Ephraim named Elkanah, the son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf and Ephraim. He had two wives, one named Hannah and the other Peninnah. If the Bible is yours, maybe you can underline it or otherwise you can highlight it. Peninnah had children, but Hannah had none. This man went up from the city each year to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts at Shiloh. Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, were priests to the Lord there. When the day came that Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions of the sacrificial meat to Peninnah, his wife, and all her sons and daughters. My emphasis will be on the verse 5. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion because he loved Hannah, but the Lord had given her no children. We are talking about Elkanah. And the Bible says that he was a devout man. This was somebody who was really committed and dedicated to the things of God. Every year he made sure that he did not go alone, but he marshaled all his household. They went into the house of the Lord to worship and to offer sacrifice. So a person like this, we will expect that, oh, this guy should be somebody who shouldn't even have any problem at all. I mean, I pray, I fast, I do all those things. I'm so much committed and I'm dedicated and I'm passionate about the things of God. But the Bible says that he had two wives. One had children and the other one did not have a child. He didn't have any. So please, as I said, there are bound to be challenges in the life of each and every Christian. Some people are here and or most Christians you talk to, when things come in our way, we say that, why me? Why me? God, why should this come? After all, I've been faithful to you 
I come to church, I do all the things. It should be someone else. Somebody else, this thing should visit the house of somebody, but not me. That is sometimes the impression we have, but we have to understand some of these things so that when it comes, we will be prepared for it. Okay, so that is the first thing that I want us to understand, that there are bound to be challenges in the life of each and every parent. And then the second thing that I want us to understand is that the Bible says that Hannah was the loving wife. She was the most loved by Elkanah. But yet, she did not have a child. It is possible that in church, we can come to church, and you may be the most esteemed and favored person in the church. You may be somebody who is very, very close to pastor. Even the pillars or the foundations of the church is at your back. Somebody will say that the pillars of the church are <laughs> on my legs. They build the church on my shoulders. You can do so many things, but you may be the one who may be facing trials. Or you may be the one who may be having problems in your marriage. Or you may be the one who may be having problems in your parental life. And it is very, very important. Because we sometimes have it at the back of our mind that, oh, this brother and sister, why is he in the church? Why has he done all this thing? Yet he or she is not married. Why is he going through challenges? In, he's not finding work to do. Why? But here is a case, Hannah is the most loved wife, yet she did not have children. So please, let's, let's, let's be very careful and understand some of these aspects of life. So that when things are happening like that, we wouldn't say that, oh, it is not worth it to worship God. Because I go to church, I speak to a lot of people. And sometimes you say that, hmm, this brother we don't know, this sister we don't know. Of all the things she's been doing, yet she doesn't even have a job. She's struggling in her life. This Christian life, it is not worth it. It is worth it. Amen. In contrast, Penina, who was not the most loved, she had children. So let us not be surprised that we come to church and we find people who have not even come to, they come to church and less than no time, they are announcing their wedding, they are going to marry. And breakthroughs are coming their way. It is possible. Penina was not the most loved, yet she was the one who had children. So, most of us are marrying. It is good. Most of us are having children. And most of us are having a lot of expectations. When I married, I had a lot of expectations. Yes. I had at the back of my mind, we will ride on the moon. We will do this. We will do this. So many. <laughs> but yet, in less than no time, after even, should I even say the honeymoon? Even during the honeymoon, less than no time, I realized my wife was pregnant. I said, wow. Hey. <laughs> is that how this thing works? <laughs> hey. And you can ask my wife. I said I want only two children, only two. In less than no time, we had four. So, <laughs> so we have all this expectation. Nice, nice. But please let us bear in mind that some of these challenges are there. And some 
you will marry, you have children, but then some may meet your expectations, but other shocks may come in. So let us be prepared and arm ourselves. And when they come, we will trust the Lord. There is a saying that successful people are not those without challenges, but those who are able to respond effectively or able to make the best out of the challenges that come their way. Amen. So what are some of the challenges that we are talking about? There are so many of them, but I just want us to spend some few minutes. Sometimes it can be like having children like we have just discussed. And sometimes even our children not doing well in school. Sometimes you can have children and you are doing your very best. And at the end of the term, your child will bring the report and he or she is last. And the, the, the most annoying thing or what even makes it serious is that assuming maybe we are in church and then I meet somebody and my child and his child are in the school, same school and he says, Mr. Banfu, do you know my, my, my boy was first? And you, you, you know your child was last. When he says, yeah, 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 it's true, it's true. Well, what about your boy? The moment he mentioned your boy, he said, excuse me, I have a phone call. You are lying. <laughs> you don't have any phone call. You don't want to talk about your child. But it happens. Those people, those children who are last, they also have parents. And it's a challenge. You tell your child to write, he won't write. You spend all your money engaging teachers and other things. And at the end of the day, if the, the previous term he was 30, then this time he, he, he will be 29. And when you, okay, what did you, after all, I was able to overtake one person, so I've done well. <laughs> These are challenges that may come. Sometimes disabilities and pregnancy related complications. Your wife may take seat and there may be challenges here and there. And then even sometimes having too many or unwanted children. Sometimes we have it. Somebody, some people say, I want only one child. I want two because of my economics. Before long, you have. And I'm a parent and I know what I'm talking about. Sometimes somebody, ah, but children are a blessing. They are a blessing. Imagine that you yourself, you are struggling. Even one. <laughs> so <laughs> you don't want any child. Your, your wife takes it. You go and they say it's triplet. If you don't enter, you run away. You go and stay on the roof. <laughs> and sometimes, even not having the desired gender. Some people clamor, I want a boy, I want a girl. But God will give you a girl. What do you do? And single parenting or husband denying responsibility. Life, things can happen in life. You are living your life. I am holy. I'm praying. But before long, you just make a mistake. You take a seat and you have a child. And the person denies responsibility. So all these things happen. And the, the challenge sometimes is that when we read First Samuel 1 to 7, as I said, because of the time, maybe they can project it. And then First Samuel 1 to 7. The unfortunate is sometimes... The people we expect to know better and the places we expect to find comfort and solace, that is the place we go and then people rather provoke us. The, when we read the first Samuel 1 to 7, it says, uh, anytime, okay, anytime, uh, okay, let me read. So it happened year after year, whenever she went up to the house of the Lord, Penina provoked her, so she wept and would not eat. She came into the house of the Lord and the person, the other lady, she expected to know better. She was the one who was rather provoking her. 
And please, it happens a lot. Sometimes we come to church and people are having challenges and you meet somebody, uh -huh, into, into, uh, your work, what are you doing? So now that you are, you, you are not married, what are you doing? As if the marriage is in a supermarket, you can just go there and get them. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> Let us be discreet in the way sometimes we deal with someone. I have a friend. He married four or five months before I married. But I realized the first day I visited him, they, unfortunately, fortunately, unfortunately, they don't have a child. The child they had passed away. And I realized that the first day I visited them with my children, I realized they were a little bit, uh, although he didn't show it, but he, they were not all that comfortable. And the wife, when you talk to her, she sees the children. I knew that her heart was. So because of that, I'm a little bit careful when I'm going. I sometimes don't go with my children. And we even don't talk about children issues. So please let us be discreet when it comes to some of these things. All right. So in the midst of the challenges, what we should be our attitude as parents? The first thing is we should not blame each other. We shouldn't blame somebody. And even when I was married, somebody told me that your family people, they don't bring forth. I should have listened. Somebody will say this, that, that. You see, I should have told you this. I should have. Let us not blame anybody. First Samuel 1, 8. Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you cry and why do you not eat? Why are you so sad and discontent? Am I not better to you than ten sons? Let us not blame anybody. And the second thing is that let us encourage each other. The third point that I want to emphasize on is, you know, sometimes we think that we only get fulfilled when we bring forth children. It is true. Children are good. And when we read uh, the Bible in Psalm 127 verse 4, it says that children are like arrows in the hand of a warrior. It is good to have children. But we must understand that that is not the ultimate fulfillment in life. If we do that, we will bring undue pressure upon ourselves. So, and that is sometimes the source of most problems we have as parents. Because people think that I am married, I'm supposed to have children. I am not having a child, so I am not fulfilled. So sometimes you hear in the news, somebody has gone to steal this, somebody has gone to do that, somebody has gone to do this, somebody has gone to do that. Whilst the children is good, but we must know our purpose and what God wants us to do in life. When we know that our purpose, we will see our present situation as being fulfilled. The fact that we don't have children. Because Elkanah told his wife that, am I not worthy? Don't I follow more than 10 children in your lives? Because if your focus and emphasis is on giving birth, I don't have a child. When the children come, in less than no time, it is like the marriage will become empty. Because after all, I fulfilled my, my life, I brought forth. So the man or the woman doesn't matter. So that is where I want us to spend our time. That There is a purpose for our life. So we shouldn't dwell so much that I have to bring forward. I have to bring. You are doing your very best. But then we must know that that is not the ultimate fulfillment in your life. Success is knowing one's purpose in life and growing to reach that potential. It is not about fulfilling society's expectation. 
Because whilst you are married now, and you think you are not fulfilled because you don't have a child, somebody is looking up to you because he or she is even waiting for somebody to say hello, then he will say hi. And even when you bring forth, that is not the end. Because and a day will come, maybe you want somebody, a boy, then he may give you a girl. So when you are always going about fulfilling the expectations of society, you will never, never be fulfilled in life. And you will bring about undue pressure. So let us always continue to listen to the Lord and know the purpose of God for our life and then live up to it. Amen. Now, so how do we remedy some of these challenges? The verse 10. The Bible says, Hannah was greatly distressed and she prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. You know, sometimes we may find consolation in our partners. And you know men. Men all the time. We want to play the big boy, the big brother. So your wife may be there. You will comfort her, do this. But let me tell you, the reality is that sometimes we get tired and frustrated. And sometimes we are afraid. And we don't have answers to all the questions. Your wife will tell, I am telling you this and you are not responding. It is not that he is not responding. The thing is, he doesn't know the answer. And in our local palace, we say that, Sometimes we are afraid. So let us try to engage the Lord ourselves, just like Hannah did. Hannah engage the Lord herself. We don't have to wait for a time, a set time to undertake a prayer or a revival in church before we commit ourselves. Let us try to engage the Lord ourselves. And Hannah did not only pray, but she added to her prayers a vow. She made a vow to the Lord. A vow means making a solemn and deep promise to the Lord. She added to her prayers a vow and she did not only make any vow but she really understood the situation she was in and made a vow to the Lord I want us to spend a little time maybe we can apply this strategy to our life those of us who are expecting God to meet our need you know at that time Hannah realized that there was a need in the house of the Lord because Eli the high priest was old and the sons of Eli, that Hophni and Phinehas, were not qualified. What they were doing wasn't right in the sight of the Lord. So she realized that there was a need. So at that moment, she allowed herself to become a conduit for God to fulfill that need. Because she realized that, okay, if God is looking for a high priest, then I also want a child. Why don't I present my child God should give me a child. And when God gives me that child, I will then present him. So that whilst God's need is being fulfilled, my needs too are also being fulfilled. Most of us are looking for jobs. We are looking for breakthroughs. In addition to our prayers, if we can add a God, if you give me this job, I know that now we are putting up a church. God, the church needs so many resources. We need a lot of hands. If you give me a job, I have purpose in my mind that I will give you this percentage to support the work of the Lord. So that whilst your need is being fulfilled, the needs of the church too is also being fulfilled. If we can adopt that strategy in our prayer life, I believe it can go a long way to help us. Alright, so that was Hannah did. She made that vow. And in her prayers too, Anna also had a vision for the child. Although the child 
was not born, but Hannah had a vision for the child. He had a vision for Samuel. That is verse 11. Okay, so she said, let's read. She made a vow, say, oh Lord, if you would indeed look on the affliction of your maids and remember and not forget your maid servant, but will give your maid a son, then I'll give him to the Lord all the days of his life. A razor shall never touch his head. She had a vision for the child. She envisioned the future of the son and started putting in place structures for the child. She said that when the child is born, I will give him to you. And at the end of the day, no razor shall touch his head. Please, let us not wait for us to bring forth children before we start planning. We must have vision for our children. We must envision the future of the child. If I say vision and putting in place structures, I'm talking about sometimes we can even start now preparing, taking insurance packages for them. We can even start preparing for them before they are born. Because now the world is becoming a little bit difficult and difficult. But if we prepare very well, and sometimes we can also build reputation and chart bridges for our children to pass through. Sometimes you talk to people and they tell you nowadays it's even very, very difficult to get an institution or company for your child to undertake his or national service. I have worked in this. But sometimes we forget that it is our attitude. I remember a day when somebody came and then the person wanted to come and do an attachment uh, in the place I work. And they asked him, what is the name? What is your name? The moment he mentioned the same name, it rang a bell. And then they said, oh, so that was your father. And he said, yeah, 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 that's my father. He said, ah, oh, really? The person terrorized that wicked man. And he wasn't taken. So whatever we are doing now, we must know that we are building a reputation for our children. So let us be very careful now. Otherwise, you may be in a company, you may be doing certain things here, you think that, oh, everything is well. The day somebody will go, your child will go, and they'll tell you, that lazy man, so let us know vision and also start building upon it for them. And one thing we also have to understand is that every child has a purpose in life. First Samuel 120. Every child has a purpose in life. Because the Bible says that in due time, whose due time? It was God's due time. In due season and so we may not like the circumstance within which the child is born. Sometimes you say that, ah, but we did not plan for this child. But God has a purpose. When you do something about resources, geography and resource, they will tell you that resources are not, they become. Resources are not there. But as the challenges and the needs in life come, they become. But before God, resources are always. For now, you may not know the plans or the potential of the child. So you think that the child who has come into your life doesn't matter. But to God, that child is a resource that God is going to use to make the world better. Okay, so the last point I want us to make, I have other point, but because of time, let me just make the last point. Okay, so first Samuel 3, verse 1, uh, chapter, verse Samuel chapter 3, 1 and 7. I will dwell on this one and then I will close. First Samuel chapter 3 verse 1 and 7. Okay. 
Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. Verse 7. Okay. So now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord was not yet revealed to him. There are two things that I will add here, and then I will end. In the first place, how God will deal with your child will be different from what you know. Because he said at that time, the word of the Lord, revelation and other things was rare in those days. Yet, in the midst of this, God decided to talk to Samuel. Sometimes we think that my child is this. He has to be this. This was how I was brought up. So this is how the child will have to be brought up. But if we do that, we will be making a mistake. Here is a time that it was revelation was rare, but God decided to talk to someone. So how God will deal with your child will be different from how you know or anticipate. And the second thing is that someone was in the house of the Lord. The ark of the Lord was there. He was privy to all the protocols. Yet the Bible says that Samuel did not yet know the Lord. So it is possible that we may be coming to church with our children. We may be coming to church. Let's, let's go to church. Let's go to church. Our children will come. Sometimes they may come to church because you are coming. But we have to ask ourselves that have they come to realize the essence of God? Do they know God for themselves? Have we inculcated in them that the need for them to know God for themselves? Let us not assume that, oh, you know, I call church. I take them to church. I take them to school. You will take your child to school, but at the end of the day, we have to be interested in knowing what they are learning. Otherwise, they will go there, and at the end of the day, the Bible will tell you, you did not yet know the Lord. Amen. So, parents, please. We have to be interested in what our children are doing. Even when they come to Sunday school, let us find out exactly. They may come, they will teach them, but they may meet, in quotes, Hophni and Phinehas, whose ideology may be different from us. And at the end of the day, they may teach them something contrary to what we know. Amen. We shall draw the curtain here. Shall we share a word of prayer? Father, we thank you for your words, O oh Lord. The Bible says in James 1.5 that if any one of you lacks wisdom, let him ask from God, the one who gives generously and not finding fault. Father, we have learned your word, O oh God. As this word has come, we pray that it will fall on good soil. It will bear fruit, O oh Lord. And at the end of the day, you even give us the grace to be able to implement all that we have heard here so that we will be fruitful and valuable parents in the house of the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. The message you just listened to is from ICGC Karis Temple. To connect with us, you can like our page on Facebook at ICGC Karis Temple or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ICGC Karis. We would like to hear of how God is blessing you through this podcast. To support this podcast, please click on the profile button and click on support. Thank you and God richly bless you.